Welcome to the Geekcentric Podcast, and welcome to our spoiler-filled discussion for Marvel Studios, The Marvels. Confusion is but the first step on the journey to knowledge. Hello, I'm J-Law, but you can call me Justin. If you're joining us for the first time, well, we are Geekcentric, a podcast covering the world of movies, TV shows, toys, collectibles, gaming, and all things Geekcentric. Joining me for today's spoiler-filled discussion, I've assembled my own band of marvelous superheroes. First up, we have the Flurkin, who's a marvel with a pencil. Miss Megan Chambers, how are you? Oh my God, I'm so good because you've compared me to a flurkin, and they're my favorite. <laughs> yes, and they definitely have their time to shine in this movie, let me tell oh, you. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but we're not alone. We also have a, another special guest. Uh, she's the mightiest of them all. She drops knowledge on Marvel like it's Thor's hammer. You know her, Alyssa Balistrieri. How are you? I am great. I'm going to put that on my resume. Yeah. I drop it like the hammer, baby. Hire me. Uh, what do they say? Is it higher, further, faster, baby? Yeah, let me tell you. Like that is, 100%. That is, that is what this movie is in a lot of ways. And we are here today to talk all things spoilers for the Marvels. That includes any story details, character appearances, those end tags. You know it. It's all on the table. Uh, it's been a hot minute since we've done one of these, and if you've been following the podcast, then you know we have been very busy, uh, hence the delay for getting this episode out. Uh, but if you'd like to know what we've been up to, well, you can check our podcast feeds, because uh, right now we have a ton of episodes, uh, including two special Behind the Geek episodes for Disney's Wish, uh, one with Alan Tudyk and one with director Fawn Thorne and producer Peter Delvecco. We also have our spoiler-free reviews for Disney's Wish, the Netflix series Scott Pilgrim Takes Off, Monarch, The Legacy of Monsters, Next Goal Wins, and so much more. We have tons of interviews available both on podcast feeds and on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash geekcentric for you to enjoy. We've been busy, so I'm very, very happy that we have found time to have this discussion. Full spoilers. We're getting into yes. it. Um, now, neither of you were on our spoiler free. Before we get into sort of talking about the Marvels. I would love to get each of your high, high level opinions of what you thought of this movie uh, after after watching it. Uh, Meg, why don't we why don't we start off with you? Yeah, for sure. I've now seen it twice, and oh. I don't know if everybody knows this, but if you've noticed, I haven't been on a Marvels podcast in quite some time, <laughs> and that is very much due to my what I've been calling Marvel burnout. Uh, it's a lot of content, a lot of storylines to put together, and I just sort of clocked out when they destroyed my favorite character storyline. So <laughs> I um, – speaking of uh, Scarlet Witch, by the way. So I'm, I'm excited to come back to Marvel. This movie got me excited to come back to Marvel. So – and that's that's post-seeing it. So I went in, went, okay, I'll watch this movie, see how it goes, and uh, was absolutely blown away. It was so much fun. Great runtime for a Marvel movie, in my opinion, and 
obviously it's a huge bonus when it's led completely by women. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> Ew. yeah, mm-hmm. I hear that. Alyssa, how about yourself? Um, I like Megan. We did see it together the first time. Had so much fun. I uh, am the opposite of what Meg's just said. So <laughs> I never really had Marvel burnout. I am a huge fan. Love the comics. Love the shows and the movies. And watching everything one after another. Um, I went into this movie being like, you know what? I just want to have a good time. Like some of my favorite characters are in this movie. Let's see where this goes. And it did exactly what I wanted. It was a lot of fun. Um, it was kind of like a um, event to have them all team up together, which is so exciting to see all of them work together. Um, it was, it kind of reminded me of like before the whole MCU, everything connecting together and just watching a superhero movie to have a good time. Um like I, the thing that I recall is like Daredevil, like Ben Affleck's Daredevil, albeit is not good, is one of my favorite superhero movies because it's from an era where I was like, you know, really interested in heroes and powers and wanted them myself. And I just watched it because I loved it. And I thought it was a lot of fun. And that kind of is where I landed with this movie. It was exciting. It was lots of things were unexpected. And it did have the little cherry on top of like, this is great. How can we connect it to the, you know, the universe at whole? So just put me in a really good place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this movie, you know, this movie coming out um, a couple days after a very lengthy behind the scenes article uh, published by Variety kind of outlined a little bit of the sort of the issues, if you will, uh, as they see it by uh, that's going on at, in, in, at Marvel Studios and things falling apart and plans and all sorts of stuff. And, you know, uh, even Kevin Feige said it, you know, people should be focusing on the week this week. And that was the week of, of the Marvel's release. You know, you had the the Marvel's releasing and then you had Loki's finale and both slapped. Um, They were, they were well received uh, by fans. And that's the thing to, to remember. I think that there's a lot of divisiveness right now in, in regards to this movie online. And I don't know, it seems to stem from a place of, uh, not really anything critical about the movie and more about uh, the focus of the story. Um, but I'm with you guys. I, I thought this movie was so much fun. It has its flaws. It's not perfect. It's not a, it's not a, 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 a an award-winning story, but it's fun and it has fun with itself. And I think Nia DaCosta infuses that with her, 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 her direction of how she, she created an ensemble team here. And all these characters are stronger together than they would be in any solo property, right? Like, you know, Captain Marvel's first film was okay. Uh, Miss Marvel was great as a, as a show. The oh, show, but, yeah. The but, show but, is so good. But, and and Monica and seeing Monica and, and WandaVision was, was absolutely great. Fantastic. But now to see them, yeah, it was now to see them together as an ensemble and working together, you know, it just, it just creates more of a, a unity with their story and more importance uh, for them in the, in, in the MCU. But I really liked what you guys said, like, there is such a like, oh, there's so much going on with go, what's going on in the big MCU storyline. Like, mm-hmm. how does this fit in? Well, nothing really about the story, I guess, technically really fits in until we get to the tags. Right. Yeah. But so for most of it, it's it's just a great, energetic comic book movie. I guess that's like mm-hmm. the best way to say it. A thousand percent. And, you know, I think one of the things I actually really enjoyed and why I loved this movie is the fact that it was just fun and it didn't need to connect everything else together and it didn't need to be this deep Oscar-nominated kind of movie. Like, 
it was all very lighthearted. Still, like, deep storylines and, you know, giving the villain a reason to be the way she was and Mm -hmm. having compassion for someone because you understand where they're coming from. But, like, the movies that we've gotten from Marvel in the last few years have been so heavy because it's been a lot of goodbyes to the cast that we were following for the last 10 years. So to have this one be lighter and more fun and exciting and not so weighted is sort of a bit of a relief for me. Sure. One of the positives Mm -hmm. for sure. I think I was reading an article that kind of, or actually it may have been actually an interview with Iman Vellani who just said, you know, Marvel just needs time to cook. Uh, and that was one of the pull quotes, and it's and it is in the true, Gen like, Z way, or like the Gordon Ramsay kind of. Way? <laughs> oh no, just in the Gen Z way, of course. Gen you know, Z, like, you need just, time to cook. Just, yeah, you need time to cook, bro. Um, <laughs> okay. But I, I think that's a that's very much the the mentality of of what's been going on since post Endgame is that mm-hmm. a lot of these movies and series are very much experimentations. There is a a bigger story that they want to tell about, obviously the multiverse and secret wars and each story Mm -hmm. kind of like implies that or is involved in it in in a direct and indirect way. But we're already seeing sort of 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 a refinement of what's coming. You know, there's been shiftings in the time and the, in the scheduling, mostly because of the, the actor strike, but also because of, I think things needing to be reworked. Uh, I think it was earlier reported this week that Captain America, brave new world is, is going back for extensive reshoots uh, after apparently fight sequences and, and whatnot weren't just as uh, on the magnitude of what what the studio wanted. So they're wow. they're adding more, they're giving more time to it. Uh, you know, a lot of what they're doing is pushing things out to give it more time. So next year we're only going to see one movie, uh, which will be Deadpool three, which will probably be huge earnings for Marvel, mm-hmm. and I think will be oh, an yeah. eye opening experience of what the next few years looks like as they build towards Secret Wars, which is now twenty twenty seven. So you know. <sighs> Jeez. There's just a lot of time to <laughs> I'm go be on, like but mid thirties for sure, for sure. I'm yeah, gonna be oh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be over forty when this thing is gonna happen. So it's oh, like you know, I might have a Jeez. kid when this comes out. Like <laughs> you gosh. probably will. Yeah, my daughter will be five when this movie comes out. So uh, that's wild Insane. to even think about as a number. But yeah, again, there's just so much going on. It was really refreshing, like you guys are saying, to to step into this movie and feel like there's just like there's no baggage. Right. And there's just no yeah. there's no sense of like l- like doom and gloom or, you know, yeah, multiverse breaking and like what's what's going to happen. Yeah. It's, it was just a very rock star movie. Oh, my God. Right? Yeah. I think oh, yeah. I just think it was so and it was it was it, the balance of, of the dynamic between the characters actually really works. But there mm-hmm. are flaws, I think, in, in terms of you can see that narratively they cut things or they they condensed sure. on things that could have been potentially more impactful. But did you did you guys notice any of that? Was there anything that per, for yourself that just might have been like you would have liked to see them go a little further with? I think like just in general, having them kind of take a step back and and reference like more of the source material was wonderful like in general comics are you know telling a story for however many issues but there are one-off shoots where you can you know have a story and that just lives in its own bubble and i thought it was really refreshing and and really entertaining to kind of see that today yeah so that's what you Not feel today. like this movie in the movie yeah you feel like this movie is like that that's that's yeah. such a great call out it does yeah. feel like its own independent siloed story that is obviously still connected to the bigger universe, but 
the story itself is so central on just that moment and what Absolutely. they're dealing with, right? And I think we've kind of fallen into this uh, thought process where like every single entrance and or entry in the in the Marvel Cinematic Universe has to push the story along this little bit each time. But the way that this story landed us, mm -hmm. just getting like, you know, team building, um, learning more about their personality and how their powers work together and then getting something at the end is honestly fine with me because mm -hmm. it gets me really excited for what's to come. Yeah. Um, I wish that they um, would have delved a little bit further into like the Monica um carol yeah. dynamic because it's, it's just it so just complicated there. it was just yeah. on the surface like there's just so much emotional baggage to unpack that i feel Absolutely. like they could have given us at least a little bit more there right like there's mm -hmm. that scene when they land on the planet after they escape the the singing planet and they yeah. just mm -hmm. land there and it it feels like that conversation was almost spliced together with green screen close-ups and reactions rather than actually seeing them coalesce yeah. and become a team it was like they were sort of uh, quickly unpackaging their emotional baggage so that they could then move into the final act and resolve mm -hmm. and, and and beat uh, darben it just felt sort of shoehorned in and i, I that's yeah. where i feel like they could have given a little bit more time because you also have this interesting dynamic where and, and i think you know nate said it best where Monica is Captain Marvel's first fan and mm -hmm. Kamala Khan is her biggest fan. And there's this interesting dynamic between, you know, on opposite ends of that, you know, of how they both look at Carol Danvers as Captain Marvel that could have been explored. Mm -hmm. Now I get it that it elongates the story. There's a lot more that needs to be in there that might not necessarily be relevant or important, but I think they could have still gone a little bit further. Right. Especially yeah. even with with Darben's character as a villain, especially given mm -hmm. what sh how she looks at at uh, at Car Carol Danvers as Captain Marvel as as being the annihilator. Mm -hmm. I think that's such a poignant term to look at her in that way. And I, yeah. I, again, I I feel like that was just there's this moment where she's like you, you think, oh, my God, like Darben sees that she can trust Carol. And then boom, mm -hmm. she switches. And like there was this really interesting moment. I, I would have liked to have seen that played out in maybe a more typical way but when she ended up pulling out that hammer i was like all right well i guess we're, <laughs> we're going yeah. the we're going the traditional way where this villain's not going to make it through yeah and i i think for for me with darben's backstory um i it was a little lacking for me like it's it's nice to get an understanding as to why she's protecting hala and what all those people are going through and that's her reasoning that's amazing but I feel like the reasoning for her becoming the leader of these people doesn't really make any sense to me because she's just sort of another person that lives on this planet in this city. And she goes into the palace, I guess, or whatever it is. I'm sure there's a bunch of other people just like her as uh soldiers or of some mm -hmm. kind i guess for the kree well they were all yeah they were all the kree soldiers right like they were yeah. all formerly kree because they had the so, same yeah. sort of outfit mm -hmm. that carol has in or yeah. vers at the time um mm -hmm. but i just feel like all she was <laughs> was another soldier and then gets like sort of rocks crushed on her and then yeah. off she goes like why was she the one but i would i would just think i would like to know more about who she is leading into this yeah. 
I can understand that like any anybody can start a movement, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. A regular civilian, hey, a politician. Maybe that's politician the storyline. <laughs> but that's, yeah, I like I agree with you. Now. They yeah. should have delved a little bit further into that to see like how did people rally behind her and why yeah. is it so detrimental? And to talk touch on what Justin had just said, like um Monica was her first fan and Kamala's her biggest fan. And then uh Darben is like someone who sees her with just this horrible mm-hmm. angst and um feels horrified around her to call her the annihilator. I think that um having addressed that a little bit deeper would have needed Carol to kind of face herself and like kind of, you know, it would have been, maybe taken saying. a different turn yeah. because <laughs> she'd have to realize or reconcile with herself. Like this person sees me and, and, and holds me so highly in their life. And this person despises me. How do I deal with that feeling? And, and what, what, and, what do I do to resolve that? And she, they, they gently tap into that in that scene that I, I described where, minor, they land, yeah. where they land. And she's just like, is this why you won't, you didn't want to come back because of all of this? Cause you felt like you, you destroyed planets and you were seen as this, this person that everyone else thought you were, but you know, I mm-hmm. knew Monica saying, basically, I knew you weren't, you mm-hmm. were my family. Right. It, it was such a sincere moment that just felt like it was so underplayed. Um, yeah, that mm-hmm. could have that that needed to have more emotional weight, especially given the ending, especially given the ending of where Monica sacrifices herself to yeah. do that. You know, Nate, uh, you know, Nate and I had talked about this and offline, and I definitely wanted to bring it here that, you know, the 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 fight sequence leading up to that whole event was fantastic. Some of the best uh, Marvel choreography that I've ever seen. Um, but when we start to get like, you know, Darben's gone. And then it's like, okay, well, shit, we got to fix this situation. There was just such a quick, like, dash to, like, get to the end here that, again, it just didn't feel like it was earned. Do you know what I mean? So if they had given more emotional weight to the relationship, then we would have felt something a little bit more when Monica sacrifices herself and Carol loses her, right? I think there would have been that. Like, they just repaired this relationship. See, I I don't know. Like, I feel like their relationship is still rocky. Like, I don't don't think that they, like, kind of, like, Mm -hmm. fully resolved everything. It's just kind of like they've talked about it. They've gone through the first stage of, of, of dealing with it. Yeah, and maybe one of the problems is that we we didn't get to see that played out on screen, but the amount of time that they maybe spent together, you know, honing their switching powers and uh, when they were skipping and, you know, throwing stuff. Oh, I and loved that. That is one of my favorite scenes of the whole movie. Alyssa, I think you and I talked about it, but yeah. it, it's, it's so fun to see what it was like to be young girl and how to interact with your friends like so many I sound like a grandma so many kids these days aren't going to (laughs) grow up with skipping they're not going to grow up with juggling or slumber parties or you know it was it was fun to see that played out on screen with superheroes and there's even one little tiny moment that's maybe one of my favorite uh Captain Marvel specific moments um her and Monica are switching and uh Kamala is sitting on the couch and uh, Carol like jumps right before they switch (laughs) so that Monica falls and and Monica looks over at Kamala and is like, what the heck? And Kamala's (laughs) like, she gave me a weird look. (laughs) It's just like so fun to see like girls having fun together. And I think that was a huge strong point of this movie. 
Yeah. For and sure. like you see a lot of montages of like, you know, guys like I, I can think of, I mean, is it Hercules or maybe it's Daredevil? I'm in Daredevil brain today. Where he's like, <laughs> he's like pulling a train to like, Hercules, um, maybe you know, gain strength. That's Hercules, Somebody, yeah. Yeah, somebody's no, doing that. Like, well, you can even compare um, it to Rocky, like, like the montage. Yes. you know, you know, yeah. training sequence. It's very masculine mm-hmm. things, but mm-hmm. like when we were watching it, we were like, "This is something that all girls our age did." We played double dutch and we skipped, and we like we were all Kamala at one point where it's Going like, like now. Now I'm not okay, ready now. yet. <laughs> yeah, and she feels that way because she never had that experience from from kind of what we see. She's so young, and showing femininity in that way and, and was just so interesting to see. Like I was, I was just so happy to see something that like I would have experienced in a superhero montage. Sure. Yeah, so it's really cute. And yeah. you know what? In those montages, going back to what we were talking about before maybe that's where those relationships developed and mm-hmm. changed. But then also, I guess on the on the comparison to that, I'm pretty sure this whole movie takes place over the span of only a few days. A few days. So. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, only, it's only the span. Of, it, we don't really know what, what the time yeah. is. But yeah, I think it's, it is safe to say it is a few days. Um, I enjoyed the, that, that montage sequence. I think it's, you know, again, it, it's a really great, like there's a three-part structure to them figuring out their powers. It's yep. the first part where they just, they don't know how it's working and it's just happening. Then they go into, you know, the montage of where they're, figuring it out and they're working together and you see that that coalition of a team coming together they're figuring out how their strengths what their strengths are and stuff like that and you're mm-hmm. right it, it is really great to see girls just being girls and you know they're superheroes too right so you know it, it's a lot of this idea of uh, representing relationships as in a more authentic way uh you know they could have all just been doing the masculine thing and punching stuff and breaking things yeah, and stuff. using <laughs> their stuff and that would have been really weird to see or maybe it wouldn't i don't know like it, it really does depend but here what mm-hmm. you do have is is this sort of motif of a, a slumber party hangout you know you're crashing with your yeah. friends you're eating junk food and yeah. you know you're you're sorting your shit out and like there is that that sort of that representation of them bonding in that and i think that that is more representative of them coming becoming uh, in control of their powers because this whole this whole mo- like that in itself the entanglement piece is such yeah. a beautiful metaphor for working together rather than working mm-hmm. alone uh, I, I think that that's that is what that to me at least feels so reminiscent of 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 such a, a cohesive message that again I, I i can probably see that in a lot of movies um because it is such a great message to have is where you you you're stronger together than you are on your own. And that's very much what this movie is talking about by using things like the entanglement, by having someone like Captain Marvel who thinks she can just do everything on her own, but she can't, right? Like Mm -hmm. clearly she can't, she can't anticipate that. So, you know, to see that sort of, uh, that sisterhood or, you know, that, that connection between them, it's really, really great because it, it does feel reminiscent of, of those, those films where we can celebrate, uh, just seeing girls be girls. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, at the end of the and day, and be friends. Right? Yeah, <laughs> be friends. Yeah, and they're not they're not uh, opposites of of one another. Um, but you know, you brought up favorite moments, and and I, I love that you did because I was going to ask you guys, uh, did you have a favorite moment from this movie? Obviously, we're talking spoilers, so feel free to let loose. Everything. Alyssa, um, about, I think. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm go having to think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think for me, aside from that, like 
honing their entanglement powers. Um, I really, really love the beginning sequence of fighting and entanglement when they don't realize what they're doing. That was so epic. I was on the edge of my seat and like watching those three characters in each different situation was so much fun. And I have to say my like whole highlight of the entire movie is Iman Vellani. She Mm -hmm. is incredible. She's so funny, so relatable but also like such an emotional character in so many different ways. And as a Gen Zer or as a, one of the young ones, you know, she's got a lot to live up to and she does such a beautiful job in her own way. And it feels like such a real performance. It almost feels like, and maybe this is the case, but Kamala Khan and Iman Vellani are just the oh, same yeah. person. <laughs> yeah. That's, oh, absolutely. That's entirely true. And so I, I agree with you. I think she's the most charming part. She's so infectious. She's an absolute delight every time she's on screen. I wanted to see more emotional performance from her. I think we need mm-hmm. to start seeing some stakes. But I think yeah. she was definitely played as the more relatable, the more charming aspect of the movie and we were supposed to focus on carol and and monica and them being kind of the emotional relationship sure. we need to focus on right so more or less iman was sort of the comedy comic relief hey comic relief you need it but <laughs> that said you, you you couldn't have found someone better to be that that you know in, in terms mm-hmm. of character and person in iman because you're absolutely right iman balani is Kamala Khan and Kamala Khan is Iman Vellani because mm-hmm. her mentality around Marvel, her passion, she's literally living the dream that yeah. Kamala Khan got to live in the comics where she just wanted to have powers and be a hero and she got them, right? And all she wanted, all Iman wanted to do was be in maybe in one of these movies and now she's Kamala Khan, one of the most influential characters for mm-hmm. the future of the MCU and she's killing it. She's absolutely yeah. killing it. Um I'm going to just jump off from what you were talking about, though, with the fight sequences. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, the first fight sequence was absolutely incredible. Uh, I saw 20 minutes of the footage before the movie came out and prep for some interviews. And those were the those were the scenes that I saw. And I was thrilled. I was like this choreography, this entanglement. That's it awesome. looks like yeah. so much fun. But then I saw the movie and then I saw <laughs> the last fight. And to see again, to see the precision and the choreography and how they've now figured it out. And how they're popping in and dropping their power strengths at specific moments against our Ben. Incredible choreography, incredible balance of how, like, you know, Amon shoots, you know, and then dodges, and then suddenly it's Monica, right? And then suddenly Captain Marvel flies in and catches the hammer. It was just, it was great choreography all around. That last fight leading up to to the to the end was perfection. The um the thing that I enjoyed the most um from this movie was the music. Mm. I just loved how the music kind of uh elevated all of the scenes, especially the scene that you just talked about, Megan, that Missy Elliott song. Yes. I immediately <laughs> went to it. I was like, I've heard this before. Where did I hear this before? It's that song that's like, it's the kind of beat that go rat ta <laughs> I listened to it all the way home. I listened to it all the next day. Missy Elliott just improves every movie. Um, but speaking of music. The best use of music, in my personal opinion, was Memory from Cats uh, with the Flurkin, (laughs) where they're like all running away and really horrified that they're going to be, you know, eaten by the Flurkin and go to the pocket dimension. I thought that was hysterical. 
um, the Flirtons made the yeah. entire film just that much better. Well, you know, let's let's talk about the two funny moments from it uh, that I think are maybe some things that are a little like pain points for a lot of people. Uh, maybe Ooh, even I just, love just one of these things. Right. So <laughs> let's talk about the singing planet that we find ourselves yes. on, uh, which was an absolute delight. It felt like something ripped from James Gunn's already interpretation mm -hmm. of totally. the galaxy. And Loved to find it. out after that Nia sought a guidance from James in regards to doing this movie um, and I think it shows essentially in that in that singing planet. I thought it was really yep. obscure. Uh, I kind of like was like, was like this is an odd choice. But then as we went through and as you see how outside of this this whole situation, our three characters are where they're just like, mm -hmm. what the hell's going on? You suddenly have someone to relate to. Right. As 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 someone who's like, what the hell is going on? Like, how do I talk to these people? So it was I, I think having them having especially Amon and and Monica just kind of be like, you know, dancing in the background, trying to figure it out and being like, what is she doing? Like, I think that was very much the right approach <laughs> because it gave something for the audience to, mm -hmm. you know, chuckle and connect to. And we all have a new Disney princess. <laughs> Yo, she looked great, right? Of course. She, she looked, looked great. so good. It was yeah. such a cool thing. I mean, yeah. I also think it was a really great way to bring in a pretty iconic, if you know who he is, uh, guest star into this movie, this little um, K-pop. Yeah. Uh, oh, my I, God. I think he's just a Korean actor. I don't know if he's from oh, a K-pop Oh, I thought he was band. like a big, huge dude. <laughs> in no, he's Korea. a tiny, because, small well, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, just, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's quite tall. I don't think Brie Larson <laughs> no, is. is super huge, but. Uh, no, yeah. Uh, we were talking about South Korean actor mm -hmm. that was featured in this film, Park Soo Joon. Uh, he yep. is an actor. What I love about Marvel is that they're international, so they tend to cast internationally, mm -hmm. so that so people in other markets can see the actors that they recognize in these big movies, and it's so great, you know. And I just love that when he he opens his mouth, he sings with such grace. <laughs> And then suddenly, like, it's like, oh, we need to talk. And then it's like, oh, he's bilingual. Oh, okay. Like, he's I just bilingual. Loved, <laughs> I loved it. So I, just, funny. I thought it was so funny. And it was just it, it sped up the whole process. And it was a little a bit of a, a gag for the for the larger audience, which I, I really oh, appreciated. I loved it. Yeah, I thought it was really fun. I am a fan of musical theater. Um, I, as a queer woman, get a lot of vibes that Carol Danvers is going to be canonically gay in the MCU. Uh, so when they said it was like a business agreement that her and Prince Jan were um, like married who, because it's a matriarchal society. It? Yeah. Who's, I was like, it's obviously that? for both benefits um, yeah. because she would be, you know, seen as this like matriarch of the society and he gets to continue to be Prince or King or whatever yeah. he is. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, it's just yeah. her, you know, in that moment and also the Valkyrie moment. <gasps> I, I, I heard forgot about that. <laughs> so I saw from a, um, online, I don't know how, uh, believable this is, but it was like a Twitter. Um, yeah. You have to, you have to person. take all of this with a grain of salt, obviously. Yeah. I, take I it with saw a grain the of same salt. thing, but yes, but I did see that there was a scene cut because Disney sometimes, you know, could be touch or go about things like this. Uh, Valkyrie said something like we're, we're better, better as friends. friends. Yeah. Oh, like and they've had like, a hookup, but <laughs> <laughs> Or they, they I might mean, have, it makes sense, right? Yeah, well, but, but like, I think like the, the other thing that was really interesting too is like, you know, as you mentioned, they, they might have cut a scene that, that might have been more explicit in, in implying that something had happened between Valkyrie and, mm -hmm. and Carol. But I don't know if you needed it because I think, I think the vibes were there. I like got if, the vibes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got the vibes too. And it's like, and it's like, especially given the fact that everyone was already kind of 
already talking about like that potentially being a thing and 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 whatnot i think that would be something but to your point how does disney kind of negotiate that there's some great things that disney does where they're consciously aware of the stories that they're telling and actively mm-hmm. trying to infuse representation culture right uh you know even from a sense of disabilities and stuff like that you'll see yep. it in, in in aspects in wish but you know when it comes to something like this it's like they're not perfect and they still have that's their next hurdle that they need to get over absolutely and find a way to be more uh, to have a place in that conversation. Yeah. And I think that it doesn't have to, and it has never been in the MCU ever been like sexualized. No, I think that like just having a relationship that has meaning like a romantic entanglement can um, kind of push a story even further uh, kind of in the like um, Captain Carter or mm-hmm. like Agent Carter, Captain America kind of way. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you root for that couple because there is something behind that. Um, and I just wish that they would kind of get there. And I agree with you. It doesn't need to be like a sexual thing, just a compassion and emotional thing, right? Right. Yeah. The emotional bond. But again, I think the, the difference of saying, you're saying, oh, we were something versus the body language, the demeanor, the attitude and the performance implying that they were something. And I think that I do, I don't mind that. I don't mind that they had to, they didn't, they cut, if they did cut it. For explicity of just like saying like oh yeah well what why does it need to be there if the tone of the scene has to be there if it's for you know some sort of validation and and just sort of uh you know not to be seen as you know pandering and to a certain degree right sure. like just to say that we throw that in there like let's make sure we put that in there so that it it's acknowledged i think it's implied in a, in a lot of ways i'd like to see them down the road find a way to openly do whether it's in a Marvel movie because we're talking about Disney but whether it's in a Marvel mm-hmm. movie or a Disney movie because I think even yeah. Disney movies have the opportunity to do this right Absolutely. so it's it's something that's that's there but the Florkins they have their time yeah. to shine like more than anything totally. this is such a weird moment though like this is like <laughs> like I just it, remember laughing yeah. so hard in the theater just thinking like this is so silly right and it's mm-hmm. and it's like it it works though. It still works. It's all make believe. That's exactly. the thing that I just don't get. People are like, "Well, it's not realistic and it's weird." I'm like, it, "They're superheroes. She can shoot I, I get... lasers out of her hands. It's sure. all pretend." Right, but we're also coming off the heels of something like Secret Invasion, uh, which sure. is such a dark, gritty, political-inspired thing. The, the, this is what we talked about in the spoiler-free. But each show is is sort of a lens to look. Mm-hmm at the Marvel universe through. So the world yeah. of She-Hulk Absolutely. is such a satirical comedic world. Mm-hmm. That's why Daredevil in there is satirical and comedic. But when we see Daredevil in his own show, he he will probably be seen as the character that we and know from serious, Netflix and a yeah. little bit more dark and gritty, right? And a lot of people were commenting on this as well. Nick Fury, Secret Invasion, dark, grizzled, beaten. You know, he's sort mm-hmm. of a, a, a broken man. And then here... He's like chilling in space, like nothing happened, right? Like yeah, he's super yeah. happy-go-lucky. Again, it's the lens in which you see these characters through and, and the movie mm-hmm. provides that lens, which I think that's where this whole debate about what's, what's Marvel's plan or how does it all fit in? Because everything is so tonally different. Like think about Eternals. It's gonna be. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's gonna like, be. Yeah. That's comic book. But that's that is what I was comic just books. gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, they are comic books. But yeah. but th- but then again, like like we were saying, like you know, 
Maggie, as you said, there's a fatigue, right? Yeah. There's all of these different, there's all these different properties there. There's all these different stories. What do you tack onto? What do you know is important, right? And, and if there's mm-hmm. so much, how, how do you ins- ensure that there's still a creative path? Because remember, we got to Endgame in 10 years with 20 movies, right? And in the time of the last two years, I think we've already surpassed or getting close to with series and stuff like that, pieces of the content. Amount of, yeah. of the amount of content, right? Uh, so if you if you did uh, you could do the math, I'm sure we're getting close to it, <laughs> given the thinking. series and movies. But I feel like by the time we like by the time we get to Secret Wars, we'll have like probably almost twice as many many movies and shows uh, in comparison to what we had leading into Endgame. If Endgame was 20, I think we'll have close to like 40 pieces of things that are are in, in content, whether they're important or not, though. Well, and so that's why I think the Marvel burnout came after the first few years of all of a sudden having show and then movie and then show and then show. And then it was like back to back to back. And everybody was speculating how all of it entangled and how all of it, it doesn't connected. Have to, and I think that's why I really liked this one because it didn't feel like it. I had to be predicting how this connected to everything else. And the first movie I saw in the first chunk of Marvel was Guardians of the Galaxy, which mm-hmm. I watched on its own and it was great. And then I watched, I don't know, probably Captain America. And I was like, okay, that was cool. And it was just superhero movies. I wasn't worried about how they all connected. And then by exactly. the time we started seeing Avengers movies and then Infinity War and Endgame, it was like, whoa, they've been doing this connecting all behind our backs. That's mm-hmm. crazy. And now we're expecting it. So it's almost like ugh, there's yeah. got to be this whole other – they almost have to go back to basics to mm-hmm. make it simpler. But then yeah. they're Easter egg. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I can understand that like also now that they're doing the multiverse saga, they're also pulling in things that – didn't really originally have anything to do with the MCU. So you go back and watch the first three Spider-Man movies and then the second two Spider-Man movies, (laughs) um, the Venom movies and all those tie-ins. So that doesn't stop. You know, it doesn't stop now. So X-Men. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The thing that stands out to me, though, I think as the most is, is just, I think fans after Endgame, as much of a success as it was for Marvel, I think it was also a bit of a detriment because mm-hmm. nothing, everything was going to be compared to that. That yeah. was the bar. So, yeah. you know, with the introduction of Disney Plus, it presented great opportunities for them to do things in that space of television, which has been good. Some of them have been good. Some of them have been Absolutely. definitely not not great. And there's been a a, a lack of consistency throughout but for the mm-hmm. most part i think that they've they've actually done really well but the movies especially have suffered right like there's mm-hmm. there's such a thing and and i think the way they look at the movies is a bit of an experimentation to see how things are going to work right they've introduced so much in these movies does it all matter like how is shang chi going to matter he's obviously going to matter at some point but like that movie's almost three years old now right i think yeah two two years old no, three years old. Two three feels years old. longer than that. Two, just two. Yeah. Just two. It's just over two, yeah. right? So just over two years. But it does feel Wild. longer because we've had so much so content much in between. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So again, I, I think I think we're we're like Amon's right, going back to what you said. Just gotta let Marvel cook. And like 
they need to figure out a way to decipher how we digest this stuff. Like, so I'm interested in this whole new Marvel Spotlight series, which is going to have specific shows that are under that banner that don't necessarily connect to the larger story, but are still stories that are important. So that's mm-hmm. that's okay. that, that still have have a part in the MCU. Uh, so I think that that's really interesting, and I think that's the sort of framework that they need is to kind of give audiences now that there's so much on the board what is important like yeah really at the end of the day spider-man no way home only seems to really just be the first introduction to the multiverse that's all Mm -hmm. it did it was just a great way and it also seed plants the idea that when marvel does it with uh something like secret wars when they can do it with the x-men and stuff like that and maybe do something along those lines they know it's going to be a success Right. That movie was also like ninety eight percent fan service, right? Oh, <laughs> of course. But most, right. but like, I loved it. Yeah, but <laughs> then you look at, but then you look at the follow up to that, which was supposed to be, doc, which was Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, and it fell extremely mm-hmm. short. Got a bad expectations. Joke. Yeah, yeah. So we were just super disappointed oh, by that. God. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I I know it has a lot to do with with the way uh, Wanda was handled, but we'll see. We'll see. I don't think she's gone, and even though you there's know what. Rumors, If I may, I just think it was the way that it was positioned, like multiverse of madness. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If that is what they're going to kind of correct with Deadpool to come up next year, uh, because we do know who's involved in those films. But is that not again? That would be a really great way. Fan service, right? Yes. Which I'm fine with. Gotta fix their mistakes, you know. (laughs) Like it was just such a mess. Mm -hmm. Because even even multiverse of madness was fan service, but. In in a way that sort of smallest made amount. the smallest, yeah. Amount. But I mean, like we got Patrick Stewart and John Krasinski and like mm-hmm. these people that everybody was Peggy fan Carter. casting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we fan everybody fan casted John Krasinski to the end of the world, and mm-hmm. uh, he was there, and then they took him away. So but it I, was like you know that was kind of the beauty of it. Like they gave it to you, sure, and they took yeah. it away. But at the same time, because they did that, it hinders on this idea that like. Like where Toby and Andrew and Tom in Spider-Man, their story, it mattered to the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas when we see the appearance of John Krasinski as Reed Richards and Patrick Stewart as Xavier, 90s cartoon in the yellow Xavier chair. Yeah, in, in the, the yellow, yellow chair. chair, you know, and then they just get taken away. Like there's a beauty to yeah. that, but there's also a frustration of like, you just gave Absolutely. me something and now you're yeah. pulling it away. You gave me Black Bolt. You gave me, you know, Monica Rambeau, uh, sorry, Maria Rambeau as uh, Captain Marvel. Like there was a lot of great things there. But again, who knows? We may we may come back to that world. Well, uh, we, we don't know. Uh, <laughs> let's get talking about these end credit scenes because you spent yeah. 45 minutes talking yeah. about everything else. Um, <laughs> so let's get into it. I'm going to just read a little description here. In the final scenes before the credits roll, Kate Bishop, the Archer Apprentice, played by Haley Steinfeld in Disney Plus's Hawkeye, comes home to her New York apartment with a slice of pizza for her canine pal, Pizza Dog. And Kamala <laughs> comes out of the shadows. In a very lighthearted twist to the Nick Fury scene at the end of Iron Man and says, you've just become part of a much larger universe, which at the moment is just me mostly. I do have feelers out, though. Did you know Ant-Man has a daughter? Kate then asks, what do you want? And Kamala answers, I'm putting a team together and I want you on it, please. Kate smiles, hinting <laughs> the soft confirmation, if you will, that a Young mm-hmm. Avengers is around the corner. Um, and I am very excited for this. I'm I think we so all excited. saw the writing on the wall uh, with all the you know, little introductions we've gotten for characters throughout. 
uh, even given the fact that we're going to be getting a Thunderbolts movie at some point in 2025, we saw that as well, but it's yep. really nice to have this confirmation. What do you guys think of this scene? Oh, I screamed. I think <laughs> I screamed and the whole theater was very shocked. Um, I am ecstatic. I think that the the idea of these young heroes coming together is like the second coming of the Avengers. Um, I do think that Kamala is is um, assembling the champions rather than the young Avengers. Um, Kamala assembles the champions in the comics as well. Mm -hmm. And in a different reason, like there's different reasoning behind it because she essentially is part of the Avengers and is kind of treated like a child. Mm. So they're like, you know, clean up your mess or you did this thing wrong or um, you're not allowed to do this. Like I'll do it instead. And there's a lot of focus on her being so young, which I think was also reflected in this film where, you know, they told her like, go wait and go wait in the spaceship or um, yeah. you know what they, yeah, they yeah. kind of just portrayed her as inexperienced, which she is. Um, they create, she creates the champions to kind of, uh, allow them to be the 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 driver of of their own heroic experience. Mm. So collecting, you know, Kate Bishop and um I forget what Aunt Cassie, Cassie Lang. Yeah. Um in the champions also there is an alternate reality Cyclops that joins mm. the champions because he's like lost oh, cool. in the multiverse. Um, so I think that could be a really cool, interesting, you know, interesting way place to, to go where there's, uh, somebody who's might be from a different reality who's mm -hmm. lost and they need to kind of help them get home. Mm. But this excites me beyond belief. I love Haley Steinfeld. I am obsessed with Kate Bishop and I, I hope that they assemble the originals, which would be like, um, Hulkling, uh, Nova, which we're getting like some kind of Nova core in what if. Miles oh, cool. Morales yeah. and Ironheart. So could be really cool. Well, they're all so out many, there. They're all yeah, mm -hmm. they're all out there. It it's interesting. Right now, at least in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, there's a couple that we've seen that I mm -hmm. think are likely candidates. Uh obviously the the first three, uh Ms. Marvel, uh Kate Bishop and and uh Cassie Lang obviously being being in there. We've, we've met there. potentially Wiccan and um uh and speed speed uh, Wiccan and speed as as being you know they could be more grown up and they could probably be a part of it. Um maybe a recast. <laughs> maybe well I think they're gonna think definitely it would recast. Be. Yeah they would mm -hmm. be older. I think they've already there's already rumors that for Agatha uh the Agatha series that's oh it'll out, be new kids. It'll be well. It'll be in one. I think only one of them is in it. Uh, oh, he's the guy from Heartstopper. Yes. Um, <gasps> uh, Joe Locke. Yeah. Cool. So I, <laughs> I haven't seen the show, but I recognize his face. Yeah. So he 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 looks like he could be a pretty. I'm pretty sure he's going to be Wiccan. Wiccan. Yeah. His look. Yeah. Um, I know. Like even in in Falcon and Winter Soldier, we saw uh, Patriot, uh, Patriot Isaiah Bradley's. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, grandson that would mm -hmm. would inevitably be a part of it so there's been all of these indications that young avengers is on the horizon and i feel like even the way they've structured this scene where she's kind of doing her own nick fury avengers talk yeah. is sort of a real kind of like wink nudge that this is the introduction to the young avengers um because i think they're gonna have that and i think that if they can get if they can find a way this is all, all of course if they stay the direction of of doing the Kang storyline, but if they yeah. can get Iron Lad in here and their part, 
the young Avengers with Iron Lad are important to defeating Kang in either a Kang Dynasty movie, which I think would be pretty epic if they were the featured Avengers in uh, a Kang Dynasty. So that was always my my running guess that they would be the Avengers featured there, and and that Avengers Kang Dynasty was kind of like a a name holder, but it would mm-hmm. might eventually reveal that it's Young Avengers Kang Dynasty. Um, because that would be a really interesting story to see. But like like Hulkling wouldn't like people are saying Scar would be the mm-hmm. Hulkling yeah. of this. I I saw that online. I'm like, I would I would almost rather a Hulkling character than Scar because we yeah. just got this, you know, end of a like tag with like what? Like Hulk has his son. Can we oh, spend yeah. a little more <laughs> yeah. time and there? And that haircut. I can't I don't think yeah. I can see that haircut on the screen again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it's, isn't um you remember Iron Man three? Remember Harley from Iron Man three? Yes. The little isn't kid? he isn't he like in the comics Iron Lad? Or is um, that Nathaniel Richards? Yeah, it's Nathaniel Richards. That's a Nathaniel Richards. Okay, guy. never mind. Yeah, but, but, <laughs> but you never uh, know with the MCU. They they fiddle with things, right? To make it But Ironheart is another different. one. We're we're gonna get an Ironheart series. She could be a part mm-hmm. of this young Avengers, oh, yeah. right? I think there's something to be said about having Isaiah Bradley's ga- grandson in it. I think that that might be a story that we could see uh, open up in uh, Captain America Brave New World um mm-hmm. and see how his his grandson gets powers, so the super soldier, super soldier serum in he his blood fast. so that he can uh so that he can actually become one of the young avengers i i honestly think that this is probably one of the better tags that they've done in a really long time yeah uh but you know what i'll reserve my thoughts on both of these tags after i get through the next one meg did you have any any insights on 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 this what do you think um i think because i'm not super knowledgeable on comics i don't really know the characters to assume aside from who mm-hmm. we've gotten in movies but like mm-hmm. If we were to do a Young Avengers thing, I think they've introduced enough kids that will be in their teen years by the time they're announcing this group. So, you know, they even at the end of uh, Black Panther, they showed that T'Challa's got a baby boy. So who knows what happens with him? (laughs) That would be sick. And like, do you guys, what would you guys rather see, a movie or a show? I think a show would be really fun. Absolutely. Especially if you make it like a kids thing or not kids, but I mean like a young Avengers thing, like how they mm-hmm. made uh, the Marvels so interesting. Those first couple mm-hmm. episodes with all of the like graphics and animations and stuff. It was so fun because mm-hmm. it like it crosses over the cinema and the comic book thing. So it's not an animated project, but to see that. But see, that's specific to Miss Marvel, and I loved that when we are introduced. True. We're introduced mm-hmm. to like Miss Marvel's story in this movie. We cut to that aesthetic as a reminder yeah. of like this is her. This is her personality. That's very much her personality on Absolutely. on yeah. visual display. So it would be cool to see her telling the story of how she got this team together in that in that in that art animated, that would be like so sketchy cute. art style that would be, that'd be cool. so cool i uh what about for yourself you think Alyssa's a series well i would love a series i always prefer a series because it will just allow us to delve deeper into more time. these characters mm-hmm. give them more time yeah like let them cook you know um but <laughs> i have a question for you guys like how do you feel about the status of the mcu like if we're getting a young avengers or or whatever the title may be 
where do you think it'll fall on the timeline? Because I think it's already there. We to, just don't know it yet. That's you think that's, they're just going to be like, surprise, it comes out like two years from now. I think it is. I think there's a potential that it's either they'll be involved in one of those Avengers movies. And if not, like it makes the most sense for one of them to at least be like, I'm not saying it's a guarantee, but I, in my mind, it makes sense that you would do young Avengers, the Kang dynasty. I think you, mm-hmm. you could, you could tell their story and everything leading up to 2026 of when that movie's coming out would be seed planting what that team is. Right. Mm-hmm. And you would see their stories unfold just like you did when we saw the first Avengers movie, we saw each of, we saw stories unfold for each of those characters in movies. And then it met and went into a singular movie where they were all together as a ensemble. And with Disney plus, like we said, you could, you could see their stories unfold in TV shows. You could mm-hmm. see them unfold in, in, in movies. You know, we've, we've seen a young Loki in the void, right? We know Lo- Loki yeah. is now again, yeah. spoilers for Loki is, is, you know, the new he who remains, who's running, the time could he could he somehow give a young give this universe a young version of himself that becomes part of it there's so many mm-hmm. possibilities of how they could go the route of interjecting and showing each of these characters but i think you would want to treat it with the same amount of um pre- uh prestige as you did the avengers where you mm-hmm. build up into those those key those characters through your different projects making that movie matter and really setting the stakes for it leading into it so i, I think that's i just worry yeah I just what? worry about how how old they are because like Kate Bishop is like in real life like twenty seven, sure. Or Kate Bishop, um, Haley Steinfeld is a real <laughs> yeah. person. She's twenty seven. Like Catherine Newton is twenty six, twenty seven. So and, yeah, like, Letitia Wright years. is thirty. Yeah. yeah. So if she's you know spoilers for Black Panther, if she's Black Panther, then... no, but I think it will be his son. Yeah, it would be his son. But he's so young. He's like yeah, eight, yeah but whenever they get to hey, they did a five year. You never time know time. where. Yeah all these things lie right i get you so i get maybe. you I, I understand where you're coming from i think yeah. Haley steinfeld has enough in the can that she can still pass off as She's good. She's got a young avenger right like yeah, you know what i mean yeah. and i do think that this movie will pr- if, if they do anything it'll happen within the next two years um mm-hmm. and they'll be fine they'll be fine with it, it it'll it'll be fine because yeah. you, the more more often than not you see a lot of older actors casted way younger and it's just it, there's no correlation you got like 30 yeah, year olds sure. playing high school students it's like come on really get over <laughs> it. okay i can get back i can get by that that's fine. Yeah. but I, I understand i understand the trepidation with that but i think i think there's enough there like if you can give it that moment like if you can make that movie matter young avengers mm-hmm. this is just the first instance this little scene to something so much bigger that could be and that's what the avengers was it was mm-hmm. a little introduction scene with nick fury that introduced the whole potential of what the avengers is so i think again mm-hmm. kind of history repeating itself you know it's you know circular i think that's very much what this moment's meant to be and it's obviously meant to be from the perspective of kamala khan which is mm-hmm. so much more oh, yeah. different. i just love the little like please be on my team please, <laughs> please. so cute she's like where did you get that I found yeah. it in my couch. <laughs> like couch. she has such sass and attitude. Yeah, it's like yeah. none of your I business. <laughs> um, but that was only one uh, scene. And that wasn't even a credit scene. That, that kicked off the credits. So we get our credits. And then after that, we get this mid-credit scene. You know, after sacrificing herself at the end of the film, Monica wakes up in a sterile laboratory bed uh, and sees her mother, Maria Rambo, played by Lashana Lynch, uh, who is believed to be dead. As we saw in episode four, if I'm not mistaken, of WandaVision, where uh, Monica woke up from the blip, uh, this scene very much 
emulates that moment again, but from a different yeah. perspective. Um, and when she wakes up in this hospital, uh, when she wakes up, she's crying and she tells her mom, I missed you, I missed you. But Maria doesn't recognize her daughter. She doesn't recognize who she is. Uh, and they exchange some words and uh, Maria is very confused. And then we hear another voice. And this voice is Kelsey Grammer, uh, who some may know played Beast in X-Men The Last Stand. And yes, he is cameo as Beast in this film. He explains to uh, both that uh, Monica uh, is is in a different reality. Maria stands up from her chair, revealing her red and white superhero costume, uh, which she's never worn before. And she's also wearing both of the quantum bands that we had seen in the movie. So where we saw them separated in this reality, it seems like Maria uh, is wielding them. And Beast refers to her as binary. Now, binary, from what I was reading online, I don't know if you have any more details about this, Alyssa, but from what I was reading online is a variant of Captain Marvel. Uh, and um, in the comics is actually like a actual like variant, like I think is like pulled from her in, in some ways and is like a, a mute or some sort. Uh, she I don't talk. know that much about it, but I do believe it's like a twin flame kind of thing with Carol right. Danvers. And yeah. She, yeah, she doesn't talk. Those are the only things I know about. It. That's that's Whoa. that's what I that's what I remember reading about her. Um, but like, yeah, like the fact that she's got both bangles, it's thing anyways. So she, Maria looks at Monica and just simply asks, who are you? And Monica looks back defeated and utters <laughs> shit. <'Cause> now <laughs> she's realized what's just happened. Um, so we got beast in this scene, Kelsey, Grammer blown. with the back. little leggings on. Well, the spandex? Oh yeah, you can see it. it. So, like, first let's talk about the look of this character because I've been oh itching to talk about it. Like, this is so '90s cartoon. It mm -hmm. is like the hair, the fangs, the size. Like, I'm yeah. so glad they didn't do makeup on him again because I, I hated that look. Right? Mm -hmm. I appreciated what they were trying to do, but he wasn't formidable. He wasn't someone that like that's the thing that was interesting about Beast. He was so smart. He was so intelligent, but he was also he could also be vicious, right? And when he mm -hmm. had to be. And there was just none of that in the previous adaptations of Beast. So here I was like in awe of just how much they nailed the little fangs. You know, you can mm -hmm. see the CGI. A lot of people have deconstructed. Like, it's obviously a CGI mocap, and they've got that like, oh, same yeah. design as, like, Thanos like or Hulk. the Hulk. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. But you would think, though, in the same universe, if there was some sort of, like, gamma mutation, gamma radiation, it's a bit of a mutation, there might be some sort of correlation there. But it's interesting to see that they kept a similar design. But the hair. Do you guys see the hair? Oh, it, it looks so, so good. Oh, it was the so good. The whole look, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I so loved good. it. Um, but we also get like the X-Men doors in the background. So mm -hmm. are we assuming that this is in Charles's Xavier institution? Well, I'm, I'm so curious to how they're going to play this because it's Kelsey Grammer. Mm -hmm. Like, are we getting entirely the OG cast with him? Or is there going to be some sort of mixture? Is it going to be new people? Is it going to be anime? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that they have the opportunity to do whatever they want. Because yeah. obviously the, the multiverse will allow them to make whatever yeah. choice they want. But They have infinite think, possibilities. <laughs> yeah, I think because it's Kelsey Grammer, it is going to be like the original uh, X, one, two, three, um, 
Well, we got Hugh Jackman, group. right? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hugh, Jackman, Hugh Jackman's coming up in uh, Deadpool. And because of Days of Future Past, like they kind of went back in time and resolved, yeah. I think, everything that happened in X3. Yep. So yep. we'll get like Jean Grey. Yeah. yeah. And then Cyclops and Storm yeah. and everybody. So but that then, would be phenomenal. Yeah. But then they like in Old Man Logan, it was supposed to be like years after those events, right? What happened, right? And yeah. sort mm. of the demise. So you know, they're not going to touch that. They're going to keep that as a sacred sort of movie. Mm-hmm. It's, it's exists in its own timeline, if you will. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause there, there isn't any sort of clear indication that it's associated with the events of, of days and future past. Like it, do, it doesn't take place mm-hmm. after that. It's just some place in time in in a specific thing. So it, the neutrality of that film really does work for it to just be its own, you know, send off to Logan. Uh, so you're absolutely right. I think that it's, 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 it, it's crucial for them to, in a lot of ways, what they did with what they pushed for, I guess, with Spider-Man mm. No Way Home is is bring back those those OG characters yeah. and give them a bit of a send off. Right. Like say goodbye to that version of those characters. Um, and I know we say goodbye because how are they going to incorporate mutants into the new uh, storyline? I think there's an interesting way to do it. That would sort of have merging of multiverses, uh, creating yep. new versions. But I, I don't know if that's if that's the route they're going to go with the Secret Wars thing. Well, and that's the thing too with this being with it being Kelsey Grammer, and we got Charles in Multiverse of Madness. It could still be Sir Patrick Stewart with him because that was a different. That was a Mar- Maria Rambo as Captain Marvel. So you know, this is a totally different universe Reality. yeah yeah yeah, and we could even who knows like if if beast is you know this big huge professor guy maybe xavier is younger i don't know like that who yeah. knows you they could, could do you anything, could do it's, anything. It's, it's just i just don't understand how the, the thing again like i was saying i just don't understand how like you have to bring back the ogs but how do you integrate that as saying goodbye to them, but bringing in a mm-hmm. new generation of a Charles mm-hmm. Xavier, a Beast, a Wolverine for the MCU that's proper, right? That, that That's yeah. a new direction for them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Unless the Secret Wars has an everlasting effect on the universe of 616-9999, whatever it is. But, you know, whatever, if it has an impact on it, then I guess that's how we get it. But it's interesting, though, that we see um, Monica wearing... Sorry, Maria Goodbye. wearing both bangles, right? Mm-hmm. Like binary is is wielding both. She's basically, I think she can get her back to her reality. Like if we think about it, because the quantum bands yeah. created the whole. Could she yeah. allow Kamala to oh. do it? Like in her series as well. Yeah, exactly. Right. So I'm wondering if if that's that's sort of how we'll get this merger and we'll start seeing this window start opening. Because I think the the biggest thing, and I was saying I wanted to reserve my thoughts and just to see what you guys think was, we've had a lot of end tags since Endgame. So, oh, you yes. know what I mean? Like a lot of different things. Um, and will any of them matter? Do you know what I mean? Is is the yeah. million dollar question. And when will they matter? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. we last saw Car- Carol Danvers, if I'm not mistaken, in Shang-Chi's end credit scene oh, where yeah. he's welcome to the Avengers. Yeah. And, you know, we haven't seen Shang-Chi since, right? And does is his is his rings in some way uh, another gateway? It has to be of something of importance. 
Mm-hmm. And things like that makes me think like, are those things happening in our known MCU reality? Like, mm. does Shang-Chi take place here? Does She-Hulk take place here? Because we know those are connected to each other via Wong, but could it potentially take place in a different universe? Like, Moon Knight, I think, exists like so far on its own. Is there any oh, yeah. combination of other, any other movie that we can think of or I show? I can't think what if it had any credit scenes. Well, just uh, like it, the show as a whole, I think it like can exist on its own. Absolutely. No, but that's what we're, that's, but again, that goes back to the point of saying like, maybe if they had established what spotlight was, Moon Knight would right. have been a spotlight storyline. Uh, exactly. Maybe She-Hulk would have been a spotlight. Do you know what I mean? Like these, these, these shows would have sat in a realm where it's like, they're still MCU canon and mm-hmm. they exist in the bigger picture, but they're not like important to the larger story that's going yeah. towards like the big movie event right because people right. don't know which way to turn when all of this stuff it's like how what, do i watch this like is this important right <laughs> mm-hmm. do you know what i mean like yeah it's yeah. just you know that's it's what sort causes of, the burnout <laughs> this is what causes the burnout right it, mm-hmm. it i i definitely think it's it's to their own detriment that they've they've got this 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 stigma of a burnout i've enjoyed it i think that they've tried to do as much as they can and obviously seeing a scene like this who isn't excited like come on yeah yeah like (laughs) at the end of the day it's crazy because like if they didn't have this would this movie have felt different would it have felt as validating for some right uh I think, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. The fact that we know we got this scene for sure, you'd be like, oh, I, I would have been so upset if I didn't have that. But in all honesty, I think the Kate Bishop reveal was, was a awesome. giant stinger. That was so cool because that was projecting where the MCU is going in a big way that we all were expecting to see and now we finally got to see. So that's a gratification in itself. And to have that mid-credit stinger was just like a total shock to the system and mm-hmm. absolutely unbelievable. The, but the movie would not have been worse if we didn't exactly. get that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder, though, if like as many people would have been like as hot on it if they if they didn't get yeah. that beast, beast thing, right? Like, I think the kind of people that didn't like this movie for whatever reason would have felt worse about it. Yeah. But people like us who enjoyed the movie are like, yeah, I mean, it was great as it's as a standalone mm-hmm. thing. And that's why we liked it. Just kind of like recapping the top of the show. Like we loved it because it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. I like that it was a creative way to explore um, other multiverses because they're trying to bring them all together. Um, I have a question if you guys wouldn't mind yeah. uh, indulging me. If this is the X-Men in a different universe do you think one that there is an x-men uh you know group in this universe and if you had to pick like your x-men lineup would it be like a mixture of new and old would it be old new or brand new people i think for me i as much as i want to pay homage and tribute and bring those actors back Alyssa, mm-hmm. you're talking about age that's yes. like an age situation. Yeah, that's the challenge. And to try to bring like Sir Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen back to this universe yeah. and try to keep them around a while, I don't know if that's the best mm-hmm. idea. <laughs> so, I, I mean, mm-hmm. I want to I see them. That's cool. That's why it sort of worked in Multiverse of Madness to just like go, here you go. You got to see him in the yellow chair and now he's dead. Um, mm-hmm. 
but I think to give James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender, even Jennifer Lawrence as Mystique, like to bring those actors into the MCU and to enjoy their performances on a different scope and through a different lens. Because Justin, like you were saying before, each character, each set of characters has their own world and their own view and their own themes and genres behind Style, them. Yeah. So yeah, we could see these characters who we've only seen in really like heavy, intense movies come into a comedy, come into yeah. something exciting and oh, yeah. Deadpool, yeah. yeah. Deadpool's gonna introduce a rated R. Oh yeah. <laughs> so when you see Very Doctor excited. Strange going, why the fuck am I gonna do this? Right? Like that's <laughs> that's what's gonna happen, right? Like you're gonna see characters that you wouldn't necessarily see drop some curse, maybe get a little gory, you know, yeah. get a little you know, a little R rated because, you know, they're they're trying to carve out that path and again another another genre if you will um i think i think i personally for the mcu would like to see brand new characters for the entire Same. new x-men brand new mm -hmm. brand new i i think like i want to see like a whole new cast uh you know i want them to recast wolverine i want them to recast cyclops and and give me their stories <laughs> Um, Megan is I aggressively want... shaking her head. Yeah. Yes, I very much agree on the, I think we all have the actor in our minds of who we want to play Wolverine. <laughs> One, Maybe. two, three. Taryn, Taryn Edgerton. Edgerton. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I feel like, again, there's so much, um, there's already been so much conversation about what that new cast could look like, uh, even with something like Fantastic Four that hopefully we'll get news about that soon. But the reality of of casting new it just cleans the slate it makes it more relevant for this one but i think the way they have to do it is that mutants have never mattered in the mcu 616-1999 whatever you want to call it i'm just gonna call it 616 so it's all it's sure all that's in the in the mcu mutants haven't mattered we've gotten our first mutant introduction with kamala khan and it was more of just a, as a term right like as a, as a word um, and I mm -hmm. think that if mutants do exist, it's in this other reality that we've now witnessed at the end of this scene. Um, and I think what's going to happen is that's where Secret Wars is going to come in. Like, there's a lot of speculation about what's going to happen with jo Jonathan Majors. Like, we don't need to get into it, but there's yeah. it's all up in the air in terms of the allegations against Jonathan Majors and the trial that's going to be coming up. And, you know, even if he is innocent of these charges, is Marvel going to really want to move forward with that, given the sort of stigma uh, around his image? And innocent until proven guilty is is the yeah. term, right? So we'll see how it plays out. But I still think even if it plays out in his favor and he's innocent, which is great for him, I don't know if Marvel's going to want to move forward with it. So what could they do? Could they do a multiversal war where it is X-Men versus Avengers? And that's what you really get as your your secret wars is this collision of universes and the sort of idea of the way to save both universes is to merge the universes together. And that's how you get mutants in 616 that aren't the, the actual ones, but they've, they've transcended into being a part of 616 and their new versions. So now there's this whole other, iteration of them that now exist in 616 because of that i i, I think That's again cool. i'm not a writer i'm not a writer i don't i don't i don't know how you would probably do it but i feel like there's there's a lot of rumors that that could be a better route to go you know with the introduction of fantastic four and and you know dr doom how does that play into a secret war situation as well um could he could he replace kang 
I don't know. It's there's just so much, but I think short answer really, obviously I gave you a whole lot there. Um, short answer would be, yeah, I don't, I, I would rather a, a new cast and I still want to yeah. see Hugh Jackman. And I like seeing Charles. I'd like seeing Sir Patrick as, as Charles. And I'd love to see Ian come back as, as Magneto. He was fantastic as Magneto, but to Meg's point, these guys are old. So let's, let's yeah, wrap yeah. it up. For let's them. let let's, them let's chill. Let them, and, and, yeah, I, and all in all honesty, I really think Hugh Jackman is done. But to play in the sandbox of the MCU is something that he could not deny, right? Like, it's oh, yeah. something that he really wanted to do. He always wanted for his character because he saw what they were doing. And, you know, Ryan Reynolds, it's you his know, arch nemesis. The, the exactly. <laughs> like, it's there's just pure magic that's going to happen there. And I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm very skeptical about that movie but we'll see mm -hmm. we'll see how how it plays out so you know what what i've found is if you just have zero expectation going in mm -hmm. your results will be better in the end absolutely <laughs> well that's true with this one i definitely had lower expectations based on what what everyone was saying yeah and i came out like on a high being like damn this is good yeah. even after i saw the 20 minutes footage i'm like ah, that wasn't that bad it was actually yeah. pretty good yeah. and when i walked out of the actual movie i was like yeah that was great yeah. <laughs> so I definitely agree with you. If you have lower expectations, mm -hmm. go into it. You'll be fine. Exactly. Well, that is it for our spoiler-filled discussion for Marvel Studios, The Marvels. Megan, Alyssa, thank you so much for joining uh, and, again, sharing your thoughts on the movie and geeking out with me uh, in regards to all of this stuff. I'm yeah. so happy to. Thanks for having me. Yeah. You guys were, you guys were great to just share some more insight about the movie and I, I love getting the perspective um, of what's next because yeah. God knows we're excited for for what's next. I finally <laughs> am again. Yes, <laughs> there you Megan. Go. <laughs> Megan. Megan. <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, if if you don't mind, we would love it if you would give us a review. Five star would be great. It would be actually marvelous if you would give us a five star Ew. review. Um, and you know what? If you want to write into the show, let us know your your thoughts on on the Marvels, uh, what your theories are about what's next for the MCU. Or hey, if you just want to tell us how good we are, how not good we are. Well, you can reach us at wearegeekcentric <laughs> at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Or you can reach out to us on X, formerly Twitter, at geekcentricyt, or on Instagram at wearegeekcentric. Uh, I plugged a whole bunch of episodes at the top at of this episode, so I'm not going to worry about doing that now. <laughs> so thanks again to our special guests for joining us for this episode. Uh, it was such a delight. But as we say, higher, further, faster, baby. <laughs> <laughs>